sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Um, I'm very excited about our second speaker. I've always wanted to meet her in person. I listen to her every Saturday morning, my husband and I, when we are doing our chores. And then when she says something I like, I'm like, are you listening? Can you hear? You know? So I'm really excited she's here. And sometimes she's, she speaks, not sometimes, all the time. And then I tell my husband, she's so wise. How, where did she get this from? You know? But I'm excited she's here. I want to introduce her properly. Um, our second speaker is Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. She's a lawyer by profession, and she serves under the ministry of her husband, um, Bishop Dag Heward Mills, who is the founder and presiding bishop of the Lighthouse Chapel International. She, she's a preacher, she's a speaker, she speaks internationally, locally, she speaks with all manner of people, pouring out her life and her experiences and what God puts on her heart for, the peop for us people. And she has this program, as I said earlier, on Honey on My Lips, on Saturday mornings, I absolutely totally love. Sometimes during the week when I've, there has been a misunderstanding, you know, and then you tune in and it's like, oh, okay, are you, are you listening? And, and we are just blessed to have her in our presence. I just want us to give a warm round of applause for Lady Reverend Adelaide Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Shall we just pray? I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee, oh, bless me now, my the Holy Spirit you need him this morning he is the one who knows where to touch us where to minister to us oh thank you Holy Spirit you are called to help us you are called to minister to your people you are called to teach us and to guide us into all truth oh yes we need you this morning Holy Spirit we can do nothing we thank you for your presence here fill this place fill every vessel Lord use use this vessel of clay touch these lips of faith I 
I take absolute control over the whole atmosphere. And I say, oh God, have your way. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are the one who shall speak the Spirit of the Father. I come to Spirit, this morning come and have the preeminence amongst us. I pray that you anoint this vessel of clay. Anything that is untoward in this vessel, Lord, may your mercy set aside. May the grace of God, which brings salvation, bring salvation in different forms to your people. I pray for the anointing. Lord, it's not he that willeth, nor he that runneth, but you who show mercy. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you. I come against every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, and I pull it down. I pull down every stronghold that opposes the things of God. And I say, O oh God, let that be free cause, and let your word be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Please take your seats. So it's a privilege to be here. Amen. Now, I've been asked to speak about how to choose a partner as a lawyer. Um, I was blessed by Mrs. Tokonu's peace and um, the fact that Christian growth is the first thing. And I've taken some notes on the circle. Amen. And it is true that whether you are a lawyer, accountant, whatever, you really need to balance your life and juggle your life. Otherwise, you lose out on one of them. Amen. Now, you said I should speak about how to choose a life partner as a lawyer. Romans 2.11 says that God is no respecter of persons. Amen? Amen? But maybe you chose it as a lawyer that when the lawyer is choosing a mate, what should the lawyer look out for? Isn't it? But I think that basically the first thing is the fear of the Lord. You need to look out for somebody who fears God. Because the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. The Bible also says there are so many promises to those who fear the Lord. Now, as you choose a life partner, what will sustain your marriage is not your beauty. Because your beauty will fade. If you like, go and ask Miss Ghana 2005 whether she has not given up her title. And ask Miss Ghana 2013 whether she's not about to give up her title. So beauty, the Bible says in Proverbs 31, charm is deceitful. You see, sometimes people get husbands and wives by pretending to be charming. Or maybe they are charming, but they are not able to hold on the charm for so long. Do you see? So the Bible says charm is deceitful. And beauty is vain. It's not that beauty is not a good thing. But it is vain in the sense that it doesn't achieve anything. It may be nice to look at, whatever, but even when you get married to somebody for a while, familiarity you become used to the beauty and that's why some people say that ah oh, this man he has a nice wife 
How could he have gone for such a shrimp? Because he has gotten used to that beauty. And also because beauty is not everything. So the fear of the Lord is what is going to keep you and keep your marriage. Like Justice Trudy said, keep your hair on. Do you understand? That's what is going because marriage is also for the long haul. Marriage is a marathon. It's not a sprint. You just go 100 meters dash, then you've reached. And then we also have an idea of marriage because we're saving in trees that Orukwawar, I don't know how to speak tree in fancy. Orukwawar, you see. So we imagine that a warrior is something that has been created and then you just go. But I have news for you. Marriage is hard work. And marriage is what you are going to make. You are not going to build though. It's not that it has been built and constructed and then you are just going to live inside the marriage. There's nothing like that. It is you who is going to put something into that marriage. And the first pillar, the first um, foundation that you must put is the fear of God. Amen? And many of us, when we are in love, we don't want to look for the fear of God in people. I'm a pastor, I see it all the time. Even men come and say, Oh, Lady Reverend, I found somebody. You will be surprised. Some time ago, I asked some missionaries. I was outside Ghana. We had a program, and then there were missionaries in the southern region of Africa. So they had come for the convention. So two of them came and said, I'm looking for a life partner. Can you help me? But I want to marry a Ghanaian. I said, me? I'm not a very good matchmaker, but at least I can find out from you. So I asked them, two men, two young men, what are you looking for? Tell me so that when I see the person, I'll see whether what you are looking for. Tongue-talking, demon-casting missionaries who have given their lives to Christ to go to a mission field to work on. I said, uh, as for bus 36, she must have. And hips 44. Now let me tell you something. When Satan comes with attacks, hip 44 will not solve the situation. Neither will bus. I was shocked. So I said, no. I'm sitting here alone with you. And nobody will believe. So let me call my peers. So there were two of them. I called, Lady Pastor Bridget Marion. We're sitting here. Lady Pastor Shirley, come, come. So they sat with me and I said, ah, I just want them to know what you are looking for so that we can help you. Friend. Oh, uh, we were telling Lady Reverend that at least by 66 and hip 44, they repeated it. Then I, I started to preach. That's not what's going to help you. You must really whatever. And then we left. Do you know that one of them came to marry? And then when he had met the person, he brought the person to my office. All my staff were there. So Lady Reverend, I came to introduce the person, and lo and behold, it was actually hip 44. <laughs> so even though you may be moved by sight, it is not the most important thing. Amen. And when I told my husband, he said that, ah, how do they know the measurements? <laughs> and I am sorry to say that, even though he married him 40, he, 44, his ministry has virtually ended with him 44. Do you see? And I, I'm, I'm, I'm so surprised that my prophecy has come to pass so quickly. I'm shocked and saddened that that's what has happened. 
He came, he brought the lady, I spoke to her, I said, are you sure you can move with such a person, whatever? Hip 44. You've got the hips, but what has it done? The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God is what you, because your husband will not be faithful to you because of your beauty. He'll be faithful to you because that saith the Lord. Your wife will not be faithful to you because you are the greatest man on earth. You may be, but you have your faults, and she too will have her faults. But the thing that will keep her going is that that saith the Lord. She fears God. And what has happened in the body of Christ is that nowadays we don't have any nevertheless in our lives. You know, Peter said, I've told all night. I've not caught anything. Nevertheless, at your word. Jesus said, I know I came to die, whatever. If it's possible, let the cup pass. Nevertheless, at your will. But it's like, so sometimes it's like, I'm really in love with this foolish man. You understand? But in spite of my feelings, nevertheless, what God's word has said. And in marriage, you may not feel like forgiving your husband. But nevertheless, because God said it, you will be surprised that this person that when you don't see, you have goosebumps, you can't, whatever. When he annoys you, you don't want even your little toe to touch him. But the nevertheless will keep you going. Amen? But we don't have any nevertheless now. We just react. I'm angry. I, you see, because you don't know God. You have never cultivated your relationship with God. God is not the most important person in your life. So when something happens, it's how I feel. How could he do this? How could he do that? And in the end, we walk out. Because we are not prepared to die on the cross. We don't think that. You see, the books you read, the movies you watch, they don't bring out what marriage really is. You know, we just see some movie, a train is moving, then the pitter-patter of the rain, then the girl's face is touched and glued to the pain, and she's just looking, and they are crying, and they're saying, bye, so if I marry Kojo, that's how it will be. But you are living in a movie. They don't show conflict. They don't show misunderstanding. They don't show things we don't understand. They don't show that sometimes you are let down. There's no such thing. I used to read a lot of Mills and Boone. You know, and the Lord told me at a point that this Mills and Boone, that's not the real life. And so Mills and Boone would tell you that when you are looking for a partner, he just has to have a deep voice. Hi, baby. <laughs> tell me, what is it going to contribute to the marriage? So we watch things and we read things and, and then we go and frame our minds from there. But we must actually frame our minds based on the Bible. The fear of God. You come, you say, Lady Reverend, I want to marry this man. I want to marry this man. I say, is she born again? Does she know God? She said, Lady Reverend, please. He's a black American. And so what? Does that um, compensate for the fact that the person doesn't know God? It's only the fear of God. That will keep your marriage. Amen? The Bible says that even when people have made mistakes and married unbelievers, they will be won by your conduct. First Peter chapter 3. By your conversation. When they look at you, how you are holy in your word and in your deed, that is what might turn his heart 
to God. So it's very important to know God for yourself. And knowing God for yourself means, like Justice Trudy said, reading the word of God for yourself. The word of God is better than graphic and times and daily guide and your briefs. When anything comes knocking at your door, you cannot quote in Riyakoto. Riyakoto. You can't. Constitutional law. Eh? When I quote this Wilkinson and Downton, it will help me. It will not. It will not. So it's true that we are lawyers and we work with the tools of our profession and all that. But the real foundation is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And like get, uh, Pastor uh, Justice Trudy said, she wakes up early in the morning. Me, I sleep very late. When the whole world has slept, that's when I sleep. And then I wake up at 2. Not by design, it just happens. So everything I have to do, I do at 2. Then by 5 o'clock, my sleep has come fully. For what reason, I don't know. But because my little daughter is still at home and has to go to school, then I have to get up and get her ready and all that. But you need to develop a prayer life of your own. Because life will throw so many things at you. So many things. In fact, the grace to cope, the strength to cope with the different vicissitudes of life and all that, it is the people that know their God who shall work strong and do exploits. So you need to know God for yourself. But Christians of today, we just come, they preach a sermon. We don't even search to see if the scriptures are so. We just leave it. Whatever the pastor says is true. But the book of Acts says that the Christians of Berea, they were more noble than the ones in Thessalonica. Why? Because they searched the scriptures daily to see if those things were so. Paul is preaching and people are searching the scriptures. Great Paul is preaching, but we, we don't search anything. Anything we have, amen, powerful, what a shock that's all. <laughs> so you need to know God for yourself. There are times when your prayer topic will be your husband. And there are times when his prayer topic will be you. There are times your prayer topic will be your children. Lord, touch them. Lord, what is your choice for their lives? Lord, what is your decision? Lord, keep them as they go here. Look, anything that you have, it comes with a responsibility. So if you have children, the more you have, the more your responsibility. Not only financial, but emotional everywhere they are. You people, you don't know. You know and when we are growing up, to, we feel that, ah, but why are they worrying? They should leave us. It's my life. And it's, it's not like that. So the fear of God is very important. You must know the scriptures for yourself. You must quote the scriptures to yourself. The woman with the issue of blood, she said to herself, if I would touch his garment, I'll... Jesus quoted scriptures to the devil. And the devil also knew scriptures. And most of us in the body of Christ now, the devil knows more scriptures than you. And you don't even know how to apply the scriptures. So when you get angry, you say, Hey, this Peter, I'm packing my things. I'm going, hey. The Bible says what? What God has put together. Sometimes some people come in the church and say, we signed in court, so it's not God who put us together. <laughs> so Lady Reverend, I think I can check out. I said, no, God respects the laws of the land. And even when you marry in church, you still sign because God respects the laws of the land. So you can't say based on that, that you are just going. No. So the fear of God is very, 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 very important. And 
Sometimes we don't look out for that. We look for the wrong things. Somebody told me, I want to marry a tall man. So that when he's speaking to me, I'll say, what are you saying? I said, ah. Our whole minds are not even spiritual. We don't choose things that will last. Do you understand? We choose things like the brothers. You choose shimmery, shiny things. My husband says, anything you see that strikes you, it has been stricken by many people. Amen. And I think that you also have to prayerfully consider. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Proverbs chapter 3. And then Psalm 37 says, commit your way unto him. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. So you need to ask the Holy Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. Not as many as are led by their emotions. As many as are led by money. You know, some people feel, oh, I have to marry a dusted person. I was just talking to somebody. She said that, me, before I marry, I will ask him, can you take me to the Bahamas every year? So I won't be crying. The most important thing is me. I must blow time. Can you give me money for this? She said, I must have two cars parked in my house. A four-wheel drive and a Benz. If you can provide these things, then come as a husband. But many people have all these things and they are still not happy. They still don't have a fulfilled life. So you need to ask God about everything you do. You know, your way, just acknowledge him. Some of you, you think that God will say, marry the sister, even though you don't like him. He won't. Hey, he won't. The Bible says that if you be willing, 1 Corinthians 7, when he's talking about marrying the flower of your youth and all that, because of time, I will read some scriptures, but it says that if the person is willing to marry you, that's it. So marry somebody who appeals to you, but still ask God what he thinks. Amen. Because it's God who holds the future. It's God who knows. But we do so many things. I was brought up as a Christian to acknowledge God in everything. So whether it's business, whether whatever I'm doing, you know, whatever venture I'm going to do, whether it's something to do with me personally, whatever, I just say, Lord, I acknowledge you. I ask for your hand, your favor. Help me. Direct me. You know, but many of us, we are not used to that. Even learning. You see, I was in the same discussion group with Mr. Pempeek. And I'll tell you a secret. Our discussion group was a unique one. Because we would discuss and everything, and then at a point we would say, Charlie, we are tired. Let's listen to some word. Then we'll put a message in. Hey, we'll freak out in the place. Then later when we go for lectures, some people will say, Oh, your discussion group, can I join you? Then we'll just look at each other. I'll say that, oh, you can't join us. So why? You people every day who want to come to your discussion group, and you say you can't join us. Then we know why. Because after that, Bishop Saki also cook some fake jollof with nutmeg and so many things before we we'll continue our discussion. So if you are coming to join us, it's a problem. Do you understand? <laughs> we can have a discussion that, Charlie, let's just speak in tongues. In the middle of it, I mean, we are saturated. Let's just speak in tongues. Then we'll speak in tongues. We are happy. Do you see? But you can't join our discussion group because it will be a problem. You see that these people, they are not serious. When they reach somewhere, they eat jollof. They are this, they are that. That was just by the way. But what was I saying? The things of God. 
The things of God can really be a carryover for you. Do you understand? But when you are looking out, you should acknowledge God. Because God knows the future. God knows what it holds. You don't know. Even your presence, you don't know. So you have to acknowledge God in everything that you do. But God will not force you to marry somebody you don't like. When Isaac was arranged with Rebekah, Abraham sent his servant ahead. When the servant got there and he thought that he had found the right person, he also said that, let's go to your house and find out whether you are willing to go. So your willingness is also important. Now some people say, I don't believe in arranged marriages. I believe I must meet the person myself. I think that there are different ways of killing a cat. And there are different ways in which God brings people your way. Sometimes there are two people, you think they are suited, but they have not seen each other. They are just going in circles, in circles, in circles. Sometimes I meet some young men, then they will bring somebody. Lady Reverend, this is the one I want to marry. Oh, okay. How long have you known each other from? Oh, from university. Yes. Ah. Then you went to follow this person from Congo, this person from Zimbabwe, this person from... Say, eh. I didn't think about her because we were friends. But marriage is about friendship. But sometimes God will open your eyes so that you will see who the person is. Amen. Amen. And then also marry somebody whose values and vision and purpose is in line with yours. Amos chapter 3 verse 3. Can any two walk together except they be agreed? Can any two walk together? Amos chapter 3 verse 3. Except they be agreed. So you may be a Christian, but you may not have the same values, same vision. Everybody is going in a different direction. You want to take your law career to a certain degree. This person too says, I don't believe in education. There are some people like that. It's true. Then you go and marry him. Then everything you say, say, I will your book long. I knew you would not respect me. You see, especially female lawyers have that problem. You are already stereotyped before you even marry. Do you see? People just assume that once you are a lawyer, you are too known. You are difficult to marry. You don't have the fruits of the spirit. You are quarrelsome and contentious and litigious. That's what they think. Before you start, when I met my husband, one of the things he said was that he was just the president of my fellowship. But one of the things he said was, my father is a lawyer, and I can never imagine marrying a female lawyer. But there was nothing. We are just chatting as friends. So, my father is a lawyer. I can never imagine marrying a female lawyer. I said, why? Well, I said, hey, the female version of my father. <laughs> it will not be easy. But I think that as we became friends and we moved along, then perhaps he saw that it wasn't necessarily a female version of your father. But when you're a female lawyer, you just have that. And then when you go and say that you're on the bench, it's worse. Hey, we're a judge. And was So look for somebody who has the same values. Does a person value God like you value God? Does a person value the things of God like you value the things of God? What does a person think about education? What does a person think about um, 
self-development. What does the person think about? And what's the person's outlook on life? Do you understand? Some people believe that if you're a woman and they get guests, you should never come to the sitting room and should never contribute to the conversation. They themselves may be very educated and some male lawyers are like that. They really bully their wives because it's like knowledge has come. Hey, lawyer. So, and we will pick this up as we are friends with the person. As we are friends with the person, so many things will come up. I think that we see a lot of things, but because we are in love, you see, love is blind, but the neighbors are not. You are. But those of us standing around, we are not. And you will see many signs that God will show you, but you will say, oh, it will be better. Some people can say, hey, Reverend, she has such a wild temper. The last time I went to her, she was angry. She poured all the stew away. Anyway, she will change. Hey, the Holy Spirit has been working in her for how many years? And it has not been easy for the Holy Spirit. Now you are going to change that person. How does a person handle money? How does a person value money? How does the person treat other people? She's probably going to treat your family like that. What does a person say about maybe? Mothers and fathers of other people. I mean, as for me, I don't believe that. I believe that the family is a nuclear family, and it's true. But sometimes, some of those things will give you signs as to the type of person you are marrying. How does a person feel about respecting women? Some people don't believe that a woman is anything. You can see all the values. You can see the vision. You can see the purpose. And then you still say, love. But marriage takes more than love. It does. So you need to see beyond uh, your love. Do you see? And you need to be realistic in your seat because God gave you eyes so that you can see. Amen. Some of you, you are going with people who are already very unfaithful. Already. So every day he begs you, oh, you know this girl, I just fell. Oh, you know this girl, I just... And then you say, you coach you every day, you are doing that. When I marry him, he will become more stable. Based on what? God has given us wisdom and he has shown you so many things. But you are refusing to see. If you are going to marry somebody who cannot cook, you say, when we marry, she can cook. She can cook. When you ask her to do light soup, you don't know whether it's boiled water with what in it to of you ladies in this modern day you can't cook my husband says can't cook won't cook shan't cook you see and you can see it one brother told me every day i go and visit her she says let's go and buy pizza it's a message this is just a studio say that she made chicken and then she made sandwiches and then the, then you are looking at hey can a justice who sits on it but your profession is different from being a wife my husband said some of the ladies they have made themselves like another boy in the house do you understand so what are your values some of the things are not going to change and the girl is telling you i don't believe that 21st century girl must cook i believe that chores must be shared what is that oh, oh kakeke oh kakeke Oh, kakeke. Oh, kakeke. That is how it is. 
and sisters, it's not too late to humble yourselves and learn. Because service is beautiful. Don't come with your bib and your gown to the kitchen. What is that? When you get home, you put your gown down, you put your bib down, you put your wig down, and you become a wife. Amen. Because service is beautiful. And some of you, because you don't know how to do anything, you will leave everything to the maid. Come and do, come and do, come and do. She will offer all the services. Then after that, she has to now offer bedroom services. Then you say, how could she? You abdicated your throne. You abdicated your place. So even though you may be a lawyer, this is where the lawyer in choosing a marriage, the law should not get into the way of being a virtuous woman. Amen. Amen. And I'm the first person to tell you that it's not easy. Because before I also came here, I have to do domestic duties. This, that, that, that. The lady who introduced me, she said that in the morning when they are doing their chores, I hope they were doing more than doing their chores. Amen. Because that's also part of marriage. Amen, somebody. <laughs> so choose somebody who has the same values, the same. You see, a brother was going to marry. And he was marrying somebody outside Ghana. I don't have a problem with it. But I said that, you know, marriage itself can be complex. And then now you're going to marry somebody from a different culture, different outlook. And I asked him, you. You see, some people are too Ghanaian. Do you understand? So you have to be able to um, evaluate yourself and know that. You see, a, 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 a member of staff of mine, when she got married, she was cooking for her husband. She said, oh, breakfast. The husband said, what do you have? She said, I have Weetabix. I have this. The, the man said, I said, hey, what does it mean? Now, if you are a brother like that, then you come and tell me that you are going to marry an Irish lady. Then I said, okay, it's good. We are all in the body of Christ. We are whatever. We are all good choices. But the way you are, now you are going to marry somebody who will give you sandwiches. How are you going to prevail? You see, so we have to look at our values. Our time is not very long, but I'll do my best. So you work with somebody who has the same values. And then also, you seek counsel. In the multitude of counsel, the Bible says, there's safety. So seek godly counsel. Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So you need to seek counsel. Naomi gave counsel to Ruth. She said, go to the field of Boaz and stay there. And then when she came back, she said, wash, anoint yourself, dress yourself, but don't make yourself known to him. So through that, Ruth found a husband. Esther was counseled by Mordecai. Take part in the beauty pageant. Don't disclose your nationality. And then when she had to go for the parade, the Bible says that she was advised by the king's chamberlain, and she just took it, you know. So counsel can make such a difference. I don't think that I'll be married to my husband if it were not good counsel from godly people like my roommate. Do you see? Because I loved him and everything, but the first person, one of the, early people I told was a total unbeliever, an auntie of mine. 
And she said, oh, no, 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 the other fancy boys. The other fancy boys is not what, whatever, whatever. But thank God that I spoke to my roommates and I have no regrets. Amen. So the multitude of counsel will make a difference for you. And then also we always feel that what are we going to get? Marriage is more of what you are going to give. And that's one of the shockers. You feel that, oh, what am I, when I ask people, who do you want to marry? Oh, a woman who can look after me, a woman who is tender, a woman, all our reasons are selfish. But it's not what the person is going to be to you, it's what you are going to give. The Bible says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave. Marriage is a giving relationship. And we get so discouraged because we felt that we were coming to get. But if you have the mind that you are going to give, and the other partner also has the mind that he's also coming to give, then it brings a fulfilled relationship. And then lastly, I hope, if I have time, I'll go on. But lastly, 1 Corinthians 7 verse 28. It says, among other things, that they that shall marry shall have trouble in the flesh. It's a prophecy. Receive it. And so, we, we, as I was saying, we don't expect that. The Bible says that they that shall marry shall have trouble in the flesh. It didn't say that some or many or majority. You have trouble in the flesh. Because, for instance, when you decide to marry, it means that your nights can be disturbed. Amen. But as you are single, you sleep. Nobody wakes you up for anything. <laughs> when you get married, they are intruders. If you like. And the Bible talks about all that area and it is an important part of marriage. Amen. Some of you in the world, you have done all the acrobatics, whatever, when it comes to marriage, headache. My, my church, they say that the women, their headaches come at eight, nine o'clock in the night. Do you see? So that is even trouble in the flesh. When you are not married, you can decide to eat anything. Oh, Gary's soaking. You are sitting here. After that, you say, oh, let me go and visit MFA, whatever. But when you are married, say, what are we eating this afternoon? So, it's not like that. So there's trouble in the flesh. You have different temperaments. You are likely sometimes not to see eye to eye. All that is trouble in the flesh. And that is what people cannot sustain. And then they just give up. But it's a prophecy. So you must go into marriage with that mind. That as I'm going, I'm going to have trouble. Trouble in the flesh. There are happy times, there are joyous times, but there's also trouble in the flesh, which Paul um, um, told us that we will have. Okay? So, and then, Paul kept saying finally. Finally, Esther chapter 4, verse 11. When you read it, Esther was saying that um, she has not been called by the king these 30 days. Do you see? Esther was beautiful. The king had many beautiful women, but he chose Esther. On that day of the wedding, he declared a public holiday. They gave drinks. They served everybody. You, your party with 20 people, you're always counting. Bring your card. This is, but this one, they served the whole nation. They didn't have problems. And the king took her to the chamber and everything. But it got to a point in her life when Mordecai asked her for a favor. She revealed something. She said that, I've not been called into the king these 30 days. So no matter how beautiful you are, no matter if they put the crown on your head, no matter how much your spouse loves you, there will be times when he hasn't called you for 30 days. 30 days is very long, but it's a shock, isn't it? So Esther revealed that. And my point is that God does not give one person to be God to you. And when we are choosing spouses, we think that this person is going to solve all my problems in my life be everything to me and I will have no need 
Marriage is a fascinating thing. Your mother and your father have given birth to you. They've looked after you nicely. Suddenly you wake up, I'm going to stay with a stranger. I don't know him. I don't know his parents so well. But I value him more than I value you, mommy and daddy. So I'm going. It's divine. Amen. But as you marry, sometimes we put unexpected expectations on our spouses. You want him to make you happy. You want him to be responsible for your laughter. You want him to be responsible for your happiness. You want him to be responsible. And you want the woman to give you joy unlimited. Before you marry her, you say, hey, in the bedroom, she will do this, this, this. You don't know that it's your mind. But the person is different. So you are using remote control to see what the person will be. And then also, as you are marrying the man, you are saying that he will be tender, he will be caring. You are, you are imagining all. Even after you have said bye-bye to you, you go and lie on the bed. He said, he said I'm the sweetest. Instead of meditating on Matthew 4.4, 4, you are meditating on the words of a man. Amen. And therefore, we look for everything in one person. But if you find everything in one person, then that person has become God. And God will never like that be. God will always leave a place in you that is hungry. God will always leave a place in you that is not fulfilled. God will leave a place in you that will bring you running back to him. So don't look for God in human vessels. The Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of his power shall be of God and not of us. So there's no perfect person. You, are you perfect? But we always look at our faults through rose-colored glasses. And then the other person's fault through magnifying classes. You are this, you are that, you are that. So we have this idealistic view of what the person is coming to do in our lives. The person is just coming to compliment you, to be a companion. But the person is also coming with her bag of problems. Her bag. But when the person is going out, you say, Oh, lay your troubles on my shoulders. Put your worries in my pocket. Your worries will not fit into his pocket. <laughs> And his shoulders cannot carry his own problems. But because he sang it, he said, I should give him my worries. Is he Jesus? It's only Jesus who said, casting all your cares upon me because I care for you. So don't look for God in human vessels. As you are choosing, you may see some faults. Ask yourself, can I live with it? Can I live with it? Because everybody has a downside. Some people are too reserved. Some people are too talkative. Some people don't budget. Some people overspend. And sometimes it even comes to temperaments. That's what brings the differences. I believe that this all time will allow. God bless you and lead you into all his will. Amen. You are here this morning. We have heard the word of God in succession. But you don't know Jesus as your savior. And you are not serious in your walk with God. You want to say, Lady Reverend, this morning I want to make a commitment to God. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to start all over again. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You are here like that this afternoon. I just want you to lift up your hands and I'll pray with you wherever you are standing. It's not okay to just show you that this is how to choose a life partner. You need to know Jesus for yourself. That is what makes the difference. You want to say, Lady Reverend, I'm not sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die. I am not sure about eternity. I want to make it right with God. I want a relationship with God. Lift your hands high above your shoulder. Forget about who is on your left, who is on your right. Jesus is here to meet you this afternoon. I see your hands. I see your hands. God bless you. Father, thank you for these people whose hearts you have touched. 
And if you've put up your hands, just come forward to me. Give me the privilege of leading you to the living water. Give me the privilege of leading you to the one that gives life. There were many more hands. Just come forward. I want to pray with you. This is about life and death. This is about eternity. I'm bargaining for your souls. Please come forward here. And we all took this step to give our lives to Jesus. You are here like there's a lady reverend. I want a new beginning. I want a new turn. Just come forward and I'll pray with you. Is there anybody else coming? If you've come forward, just lift your hands. And as I say this prayer, please say it after me. Let it be your own prayer and mean it from your heart. You want to say, Lord Jesus, this afternoon, I come to you just as I am. Lord, take my life and make me a new person. Come into my life and be the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to die on the cross to save me from sin. And thank you that I will rise again in eternity because I know you. Satan, listen to me carefully. Today, I'm born again. I break every link with you. Christ has set me free, and I'm free indeed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for strength to go on. Thank you for a new beginning, and thank you for grace to walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please put your hands down. Happy birthday. You are born again. Congratulations. God bless you. And don't go back. Walk with the Lord. Amen. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi. Or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.